2: Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 145B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Good to be with you all again today. And a reminder, we're now up on YouTube. Follow THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. And Tales with TR now has five, about to be six podcasts pretty much. Fully, uh, fully recorded and ready for your viewing. And about to be six because my guest today played parts of eight seasons in the National Hockey League after being drafted 97th overall by the Tampa Bay Lightning in 1992 NHL Entry Draft. His best-selling book called Painkiller is a rollicking story of a young athlete navigating his way through professional hockey while battling a few off-ice demons. Ferocious opponents, sometimes more ferocious off the ice than on. He lived to tell the stunning story, and now this former cocaine cowboy is an inspiration to many worldwide, including myself and remains one of the most talented and scary enforcers I've ever come across. Booze or no booze. He is a respected right winger. A tough teammate, a sneaky sniper, a wild westerner, a cold lake killer. Rub-a-dub-dub, he was a rock star at the pub. On any given night, he'd score, drink, and fight. He used to drink Sleemans, but overcame his demons. He could easily be dead, but is a role model instead. There was a bunny named Bugs, and this guy beat drugs. He's a good-looking man, and he played in Spokane. His book is worth every penny, and he's he's an inspiration to many folks. We're coming up on spring, and you'll need to change your tires. And please welcome to the show the amazing
0: Brent Myers. There he is, oh, buddy. Like your your first one you did on me a year and a half ago. I there, I thought there's no way to trump it, but anyways, wow, wow. <laughs> you know what? The Cocaine Cowboy is a good one, bud. The Cocaine Cowboy,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. I think uh, you know that if you got a book too, that could have been it,
0: but. The Cocaine Cowboy, yeah. Wow. I mean, at times and there's at a times movie on I, that.
2: You know, I, I I don't mean to poke fun at
0: your addiction, of course,
2: and I'm I, sure have, to. Have-, you, I you- have to. I
0: have no, no, no. I, if I don't, if I don't look at that tr and and I I respect it, right? Like I, but I also look at you know when I was writing that thing and I had to go over it, I I started laughing at some of the things that... uh, It just seems like a a completely different human being back then than what I am today. I'm
2: glad you say it because the other thing is... I read it again multiple times. I've probably read read it four times. Yeah. Fully through and through, and I've gone back and looked for quotes and stories, which I'll get to. And we're going to get to some more stuff because we've already... For those that don't know, I interviewed Brent. It was episode 30-odd. It was a year and a half, two years ago. And uh, we really dissected his book and his life and his career. And there's lots of ups and downs. It's poignant. It's interesting. It's fun. It's all of the above. But um, So we're going to touch on that today. But I want to touch on some other stuff because just randoms and, and of course, what you went through. So getting back to what I was going to originally say, I find it fascinating, too, because because the book poignant, I guess, would be the word. But and it's it's such an inspirational story because of what you went through. And, you you know, you have to focus on those things. But at the same time, as bad as it was and as crazy as it got, and, I mean, to the point of near suicide, really, I mean, mm. you know, you, th- you, you think about the damage that you're doing to yourself and your friends and everything. But at the same time, right, because mm. that's right on display – there is a boy growing into a man that's playing hockey that's overcoming his goals that's having fun like you know in the room you know you played with guys in junior and then you know you run into them in pro i don't know alan england someone like that you know that you played with in the western league and you hey Mm -hmm. there are fun memories and you know at some point you played in your first nhl game and scored an nhl goal (laughs) for the first time so there's also a ride (laughs) there that you can't really always focus on because of the nature of everything else. But yeah. I mean, what were some of your favorite things about going to the rink, say when you were in junior hockey?
0: Well, I mean, I don't, I'm glad maybe that you brought that up because, uh, I think that the, I, I tried to portray the love for the game that I had and, uh, and the love for, um, the dream that I was chasing down just as you did TR, you know, for you to walk in, I don't know if you remember the first time you walked into that, to the Habs dressing room in your first NHL game. Did you remember seeing your Jersey hanging? Yeah, I, I do yeah, remember. Right. That.
2: Right. I don't remember the following, like, month or or the next bunch of times but i do remember the first like i can I can even smell yeah. the dressing room i can see what i'm wearing i can look at my underwear the light blue powder blue uh you know that underwear we all had
0: yeah 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 exactly and the I, memories I,
2: there it's etched into my mind yeah
0: yeah and that's and it was for a brief second for me when i opened the door and i was looking around the dressing room in hartford and i saw myers 27 hanging oh, yeah. and i just you know, and then I start going, okay, what does 27 mean? Because <laughs> it wasn't my number. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <Isn't> <laughs> like, it funny, the mind games you play as well. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, it's gotta be Dave Savanko. It's gotta be Dave. <laughs> wow. But and it was uh, in Hartford. It was in Hartford. Yeah. I mean, the day before I was just skating around in Atlanta uh in the IHL and the practice ended. We had a we had a coach named John Paris Jr. I think I'd write about him in the book. Yeah. Really good guy. Anyways, he come up to me and, and this is another vivid memory where he tapped me on the shin and I turned around and he said, you're going to the show tomorrow. And I just well, really, where am I going? He goes, you got to fly to Hartford tonight. And then uh, it was a blur up until when I opened the the, the the door to the dressing room. Um, when it comes to what did I love about hockey and uh, my father told me my father told me early on, and I remember I was suntanning and I was like 14. And I had the music going. I think I had a little skid row playing or Bon Jovi or something, yeah. right? And I, I said, Hey dad, he was he was making some soup or something. He said, Yeah, what's up? And I he said, Hey, um, do you think I could ever make it to the to the NHL? And he said, Not a chance. You know, he was pretty. <laughs> pretty blunt he saw my work habit at that age (laughs) yeah yeah he said but son he said I'll tell you what he said if you if you promise that you're going to do everything that I say he said the life that you'll lead will be better than anything you've ever dreamed of the women the money the fans all of it and I'll never forget that conversation because when I made it to the National Hockey League and, I, and one of the times that it really struck in my head was actually you had him on yet or you had him on last week Darren Langdon yeah Langer who personally to me is one of my favorite fighters to YouTube yeah. and 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 i love the balls on that guy um i love the fact that to me i he was the most technical smartest fighter to ever play in the national Hockey League Hands uh, down, that,
2: that's okay. high praise, and I can't say I disagree with you.
0: You're being being that size, being yeah. that size, okay. Yeah. But we played New York one night when me and Langer had, uh, and we scored off at center ice and MSG. And I remember before the fight happened, I I was making sure that Wayne was watching this <laughs> Gretzky on the other bench. Yeah, like I'm like, okay, the god that I grew up with idolizing yeah. is sitting 15 feet from me right now.
2: Just wild. Yeah. That's wild yeah. in every sense of the word.
0: And, and then, so we have a fight at center ice. Um, and I'm in the penalty box and I see Gretz, He goes out for the next shift or whatever. And I'm looking around MSG and I go, I can't believe what my dad said is true. Like it, and it trumped it by a hundred. It was yeah. just the most amazing thing. So buddy, like as you, you, you were in the show and, and, There's nothing. It's weird, like for guys, and I don't mean this to be mean in a in a bad way, but in the American Hockey League, your socks smell different, the jersey feels different, the ice feels different. But when you get to the National Hockey League, there's something about it that smells different and it feels different, and you know you're in the National Hockey League, and that's what I loved.
2: Yeah, it is such a. It feels like even looking back more is more so now, but such a privilege, you know, like because for me, I see I've tried to put this into words before and I can't I, I, I imagine me of too many words to say the very least. <laughs> I ramble too much, but I can't put it in it's almost poetic like it's almost encompasses everything at once there's a movie now in the uh for the oscar everything everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. that's what i'm when i walked in and i saw that it Mm -hmm. was like every person that said i couldn't every person that said i could every great coach every bad coach every time i was offered drugs every time I said no, every time I had a beer, every time I didn't, every whatever it was, every fight off the ice. I wasn't a choir boy either, not quite you, but you know, everything, me and Sheldon Surrey and Quinnell, how many times did we get in with a drunk driver stupidly and come oh, yeah. out of it okay? How many times did we do the other thing in in, in Tri-Cities, We convince people not to get in with a dr- Like so many times it's such a roller coaster. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, of all those decisions—good, bad, and ugly—some important, some not. Some, here I am, and I'm looking at my jersey on the Montreal Canadiens. There's 20 people going onto that ice tonight, and I'm one of them, and they're picking me yep. to play for them. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was just like, that's that's kind of the way I see it, and it—I don't know if it's the overwhelming anxiety, and I don't mean that always in a bad way. The anxiety has turned into this negative thing, but. I I was just highly highly strung, and I I would Mm. like to harness the energy the right way. So if I got to the rink early, I could do that. It actually helped me sometimes, right? Anxiety can, if you use it the right way, harness that energy the right way. It can help. And I remember that. It was just almost a burst like like those commercials, those Skittles commercials. (laughs) You know? It was that. (laughs) So then going out onto the ice, I mean – you know, you, you tell me, your first game, you're wheeling around with the jersey on. How the fuck does that feel?
0: Well, I was going to ask you, you know, obviously there's, you know, if somebody said to me, hey, Mizey, like, what we re- maybe a couple regrets that you had that you could have prolonged your National Hockey League career? Because, <clears throat> T.R., you know, I was looking at your stats last night. And you had 50 Gs in, uh, <laughs> in,
2: in junior my Yes. In my draft year at seventeen, yes. and not only that, and not only that. As long as we're tooting, I'm going to toot my own horn here wow. for that year. That was a lockout year, so everybody came back. Right, oh. Lankow led the league in scoring, but he didn't even get invited to World Junior camp because you had 70
0: games. You had 70 games. You had 110 yeah. points and 200 pims.
2: 200 and, and without tens. Remember, they didn't didn't allow tens <laughs> in the early nineties. Remember that shit.
0: Okay, so here's a question for you. Yeah, in your first National Hockey League game in 1996-97, yeah, you had three games in the NHL. Yeah, why didn't you have a fight?
2: You know why? Because uh, that's a great question. I was actually coming off of a concussion, and I'd had, I'd had, I uh, fought Domi in camp. Okay. And uh, the year before, when we're done this, those mm-hmm. that are listening. Google a little, I'll send you a link. It's Terry Ryan gets hit and Damon Lankow and Byron Brisky respond. That's the tag. It's on YouTube and you can see it. I get hit coming across the middle by Kevin pop and I'm yep. out. And then my head hits the ice burst four and a half hours. My Z, I was out. I woke up in the Seattle hospital and wow. knowing not, four and a half hours, I was out, woke up in the hospital in Seattle and the all-star game was the next day. I remember walking out. I flew to the all-star game, got off the plane. Couldn't even see and I played that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next night, okay, so it's the way it worked. The next, that was say Friday. On Sunday, we played Cologne. Sheldon was my good friend, and I went to hit Sheldon, Surrey that is. And I fucking bounced off him, and I had another one. I had a series of crazy concussions, all from getting hit too. All those fights never happened. It was from sput, but I felt weird. It's my Z, I know I'm rambling, but that year, that was 96, 97. If I had been okay, I would have stayed there all year because they had a. I, I got sent back at the deadline, but what it oh, ended up? Yeah, you up went
0: to junior. You went to Red at, Deer that year.
2: At the deadline, and it's the only team I didn't fight. I was very conscious wow. of it my whole. But Maisie, I was playing with a tinted visor. I was rather than take time and sit, mm-hmm. and I don't think everybody really understood or or really believed it because mm-hmm. I had anxiety as well. But I know yeah. When you see this, you're going to see it. But I was there, and so I really and I. You know how I took myself out? I was in Phoenix and I had Keith Kachuk grabbed. That was my job to get a guy like that off the ice. And I couldn't see straight. And he said, and I, and I told him, I, I nearly puked on the ice and going off. I looked over at the fucking bench and I go, Gates on fave was his name. I go, Gates, I'm fucked up. And you can't tell me I'm not. I want to throw up. I can't see the other side of the ice. Flew myself to the Mayo Clinic. In Rochester, Minnesota, the best neurological place in the world. Talked to Pat LaFontaine. He phoned me. Not for any reason that he was affiliated with me. He was going through that same thing. I felt great to have somebody. 25 grand later, I went home a week. This is true. And Reggie, to be honest, the Habs did pay me back. I think they they didn't realize how bad it was. And then they were like, no fighting, (laughs) no fuck all. I took two full months. Went back to Red Deer. And scored 32 and 33 games. Set the record in the playoffs. 18 goals in 16 fucking playoff games. But I didn't get in one fight oh, yeah. in Red Deer. It's the that. only year that I didn't get in one. The next year, I led the American League in fights with 34.
0: <laughs> Wait, no you, you, when you when you were with Freddie? Yeah, 34
2: you, tilts, 256 minutes. I didn't get a lot. And of you had 21
0: penalty. goals.
2: I know it was great. That's but I had Michelle Terry and I fucking hated wow. Terry. But pe- people think that he didn't play me. That's why I hated him. No, I just didn't like him. But he wow. played me as yeah. long as I went out and was a good soldier. I, yeah. That next year, Junior was one thing. I remember once, you know, starting a fight. You ended up fighting Ryan Marsh. But, you know, I would yeah, fight I tough guys if I had to. It was more. But when I got to that next year, then it was like Frank Bialoas, George LaRock, Peter Worrell. It was real. Right, and I fought all of them for fuck's sakes, and the year before missed with a concussion. Anyway, I, I just oh. rambled. I'm sorry about that. It was your interview for fuck's sakes. No,
0: no I just I it was I was looking at your stats last night, and I said, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, it the timing guy, was fucking bad. Yeah, and, and you know what, bro? Like, it, it. I'll tell you what. Here's the deal: if the hockey gods in in some way aren't literally lining up perfect, you're not going to get a shot. Like. <laughs> Like and I what what I mean by that is so I played Hartford my first game. I, I, I fought a guy named Mark Jansen's in my first shift.
2: And let's yeah. let let's wait, let's say this as well before you even start. Your la like I remember spoke, I looked at your stats too. I don't normally look at them. You had over a point a game and spoke. When you played, you could play. Yeah, right. You didn't have to just before yeah. you get into that. So people know you weren't just dropping your gloves and one shift. You could play if you had to, you could have easily played third line in the show. Not embarrassed.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I I, I would have liked to have had the chance to turn into like a Randy McKay. Yeah. Yeah. You're- because I mean, you know, my last year, year and a half, you know, I was playing on the first line in junior and, and first line PP and all that stuff. So I could play the game. But, um, when I talk about hockey gods and how things need to line up, so I played Hartford my first game, and then um, uh, I fought I fought Jansons and I hit him on the button and he went down. Yeah. And then we fly home to Tampa and we're playing the Flyers with Dave Brown. Okay. Oh, whoa. I, I am I am so sick to my stomach. I remember I was I was I was on the toilet and I called my dad and I said dad I go oh man we're playing keep Phil- fucking we're playing Philly tomorrow brownies Ooh. in <laughs> and he goes well son he goes keep throwing and I'm like I'm like. yeah so anyways what I mean by this is we're we we we're, we're warming up and I see number 21 fucking dangling on the red line with the left jersey tight uh, and the wind wheel bucket and I go I'm in trouble tonight man like like this isn't going to be an easy fight Wow. so We get off the ice. We go to the dressing room. And Wayne Cashman comes in, our assistant coach. And he takes his thumb and he licks it. And he he goes to the fourth line where Brown is on the wing. And he he marks it off. And I just went, oh, my God. He's not in. Olgi's not playing tonight. Oh, God. What a relief. (laughs) Well, I go out and I score a goal in, like, my third shift. So, like, so it – if Brownie's in the lineup and uh, he maybe breaks my face, my career is completely different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, man. Things really need to line up for you when you get there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I um I appreciate you saying that. And it's I, I would never normally I mean it's my podcast. I know there's people listening, but if I'm on somebody else's, I I, I don't like talking about it a lot, but I know. I just know in my heart that I could have gotten 20. I, I know it. It sounds really presumptuous to say that. But I played in exhibition. I saw what it's like. I played in the regular season. I played. And it's not like I didn't fit in. I saw it in exhibition. I felt comfortable. I scored a few goals. And I've looked at my numbers in the dub and in the minors. And there's no reason that it wouldn't. And let's say 20 might be. But if, if I couldn't get 10 goals and 10 assists and be a checker, then... yeah. I I, I don't know. I I would really I I I, I honestly would be very surprised. There's no way to find out, but I don't know. I felt comfortable. It's not that I didn't feel comfortable in the NHL, but every time, and that was probably the biggest thing, Mysay, getting up at nineteen and they had all these injuries. I mean, I made it and then just I I had that injury. I went back and then Michelle Tyrion (laughs) but you know, outside (laughs) of that, I love what you just said because I often thought like that. Like there's sometimes like, like right now I'm doing what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I did, I don't talk about it much, but I always wanted to either be a writer or an actor or something. And I, I kind of fell into it. It's not yeah. like I went searching for it, but now I get to do it on TV and yeah. I was a reckless player. I would have, like, I, I could have gotten injured. I could have fought Tony twist and broken my orbital bone and not being here to tell the story. I mean, I really don't know. So I yeah. go, I, I played in the NHL fucking not like i wanted to but
0: i can say that but bro here's the other thing you're on you're on crave (laughs) i mean (laughs) like i get you know four games in the show and grinding it out and all that but you know i got a subscription to watch you on crave so come on like (laughs) like everything's going pretty good for you you're you know i I told you a couple years ago that i think that uh that, uh you know, with your personality, people just love to watch you. Um, so, congratulations on you everything said that, that you've done. Ago. You did. And I mean, I, I don't I know what it about- happened.
2: It's turned out that we're talking about me the whole fucking time, but that's going to change. That's gonna change the next question.
1: So this well, is it. So hey, hey
0: the, the this podcast is my podcast, and it's called the it's called the Cocaine Cowboy Podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cocaine Cowboy episode one. My guest today is Terry That's Ryan. That's a Thank great you, name
0: for a podcast,
2: bro. I might it is. Uh,
0: I might get that going. I might get that going.
2: Hey, it really is. And you uh, if if one person if one person deserves that, and I mean because it's a cool name. And you've been yeah. through it uh, one way or the other. Um, yeah. But listen, so speaking of that, I always get the question from, you know, because I did. You you were another fucking level, and you know it. I fought guys, and but I always knew that for, if I could fight someone like you and still be on my feet, it gave my team a bit of momentum because yeah. I am a probably on the upper end of tough middleweights, but I'm a middleweight. I knew that. Yeah. So – but you're going and and you know it's still there's the the anxiety thing again i remember a few times making me so sick to my stomach but i didn't always hate it sometimes i was mad and i do have a fire under me and i'd be like let's fucking go right that yeah. happened too that happened too but when you got to start like in junior i heard your name like first and foremost my first year junior you were the toughest bar none. but there's always somebody tougher so just yeah. take it back to that yeah. when you see brown now you get up there and you realize why you got and you're and i'm not saying only obviously you had to play too and you had good stats in junior you really did yeah. but you know that they really love that you're really, really tough. So you're going to play in these teams. Yeah. And unlike me was going, maybe I can I'll probably get in a fight, but I, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about scoring, who I'm going to play with. You, you've you almost got to focus in and laser focus on the top three or four fucking killers on the other team. I know.
1: It's, uh... So how did you
2: approach it other than you Yeah.
0: Well, I was... First and foremost, I was a, I was a fan of all these fighters.
2: Yes, that's the other right? thing. Like You're I, a fucking I, fan I, of hockey like I, I am, and you I, grew up watching these
0: guys. I, I, all of a sudden, there's there's guys like Crowder and Kimball and Twist and, and uh, McSorley and uh, all these guys that I was watching videotapes of fights uh, all summer when I was 17, 18. Yeah. So now... and. And some of these, and the the guys I really sort of was like in awe of, were anybody that made it on Rock'em Sock'em Hockey, at yeah. the en- at the end when they showed the fights, right? Yeah. So for me, it was just a it was just a wild experience. Thank God that I was young and dumb and and um, and I was filling my face with uh, with alcohol and uh, I don't mean to say thank God, but what I mean is like. My reward system, I had to give myself a reward system after that good day. To put it. Yeah, good yeah. To put like it. I'm like, okay, Mize, like, okay, you're not going to be able to sleep tonight. No problem. You're not going to be able to eat or sleep tomorrow at noon for the pregame nap. No problem. You're going to still be a little bit sick at the game. Um, you're going to be fighting in front of 19,000 tonight at home. No problem. But here's your reward system when you're done. Yeah. And from fucking eleven o'clock at night until about three o'clock or four o'clock, it's gonna be on and you're gonna have a blast. So that's how I had to do it to get through.
2: Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So listen then, because you are, I love that you're a Pac fan and you come from the Edmonton area. So I mean these what Dave Brown, you would have seen these guys <laughs> yeah. who are killers, they're like part of your, you know, you form your idols when you're you know oh, yeah. 10-ish, yeah. you know, like when you're yeah. a young kid. So that's wild, too. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. watching senior hockey, but to you, not only is the NHL relevant on TV, but they're in your town. They're playing, and they're the best team ever, and they got some killers. Yeah, McSorley, all guys, Brown, all the – you just mentioned Langdon came in. Like, you know, these guys are all on the menu. But when then – because there must be a point, like, that it went from in warm-up. You're not focused on the game. Like, you come out, you're in warm-up and now some people are excited about the game, but your excitement is for after, okay, get through the game, and then after we're going to have fun. Like, did that happen right away, or was it a transition?
0: Uh, that happened uh, when I was 17 years old and left. Really? Canada. Yeah. That early? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, uh, I found a love for uh, whiskey and Coke, uh, and then I found a love for country music. So the, so the country bar in Lethbridge was, um, and Boston pizza, they had good pizza and they had cold beer. Yeah. So, so for me at 17, that, cause I, cause I led the whole, it wasn't even the Western league. I, I led the whole, uh, Canadian hockey league in fights that year Yeah. Yeah. as a 17 year old. So for me, you know, I was going a lot and that reward system that I needed, I needed that thing to chime in once in a while. So, uh, Yeah, it started at 17, and it literally didn't stop until my first rehab. Wow. See, I – because we we are really – I really think
2: there's more in common than not. Like if there was a Venn diagram, the middle would really – there would be a meet and pate. You and I have a lot in common as hockey players, as friends, as parallel minds, but I – don't know, I I can only think of a few on one hand that I was in warm-up not thinking about the game. And it was and it wasn't always booze either. It would have been like, I hate Michelle and How am I gonna get out of here? Like mm. feel disconnected and and you know. And mm. not to bring that, I fucking forgive him, whatever. That was years ago. I'm just sure. telling you, that's the facts. So I remember that sure. being alarming to me is that I'm here in warm-up and I'm not even thinking about the game. And meanwhile, you know, I think about what other people like yourself are dealing with. So and and not to Not every I said every question wouldn't be on uh, to do with uh, your book or your addiction, but but it's fascinating. It's still fascinating. Thank you. Um, The 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 most fascinating part of all of it to me, and it's crazy. This book, Mm -hmm. um, crazy is the wrong word, but it's very. I've I've talked about folks that haven't read it. Painkiller. It's inspirational, but it's it's it is mesmerizing the times that the second chances that I'm not even talking about (laughs) the NHL, even though that's mesmerizing life, but you, there's a part of the book, I believe you're in Edmonton and you've, you've, you've put in your time. You, you, you've put in your time. You're finally sober after a long time. And they're, I think they're in a hotel room waiting to
0: interview you. Oh gosh. That was, yeah, that, that, that to me probably was the most insane uh, that's when I, what, where I like could like check myself into like a psychotic mental institution. Ah,
2: that's <laughs> yeah. what I can't believe. Like I can see people reaching and I, 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 I can't identify with this substance yeah. abuse, but I can't, I can't believe that yeah.
1: you waited
0: that long and didn't <laughs> you get on the booze that night. So tell us that story. Oh gosh. Well, so I was suspended, I believe for my third suspension. Uh, was it three or two might have been two anyways one of those two can't remember and um, I had to stay sober for like a year or whatever and I think I had like I believe around 10 months sober I was living in Sullivan Lake which is about an hour and a half from uh, from Edmonton and anyways the doctor called me from the league and said hey you know we hear you're doing great And and I was like I was sober I was going to meetings and and, uh, they go, well, we want to just assess you because Gary Bettman, you know, we've got to. we've got to. you know, write and tell them that you're good to go to get reinstated. I'm like, yeah, great. Well, uh, when, and they, they go, oh, you know, in a couple of days we're going to be, I'm going to be at the West. And I said, great. I'll see you there at nine. We'll have a nice breakfast. So, and you've put yeah, in
2: your time.
0: I put in my stone cold sober, going to meetings, excited to get reinstated and, uh, as I'm driving or as I'm sitting there, I go, Well, why don't I just drive in to Edmonton and like stay at the Westin? I go, that'll be easy. You know, I can just hang out and and uh you know, it'll be an easy, easy place to 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 go and get in touch with Dave. So I get a room at the at the Westin, literally one floor below Dave. And huh. I just remember there's a there's a scene in the movie, I think it was that flight movie. With Denzel. Yeah. With the I, yeah, yeah, the alcohol and bottle. I, yeah. And I vividly remember opening the the mini bar and seeing all the, the bottles. And I go, huh. I go, you know what? I go, I don't gotta meet this guy till nine. I'm like, I'm just gonna have a couple couple
1: unbelievable,
0: uh, <laughs> couple whiskeys and uh and shut her down. So the next thing I remember it's 8:30 in the morning. Oh my god. God, I'm sweating bullets. I've got Coke all over the counter in the bathroom with this girl that I'm with. Man. And my buddy runs in and he goes, my, he goes, you know, you got a meeting with the head NHL doctor in 30 minutes. And I go, I go, I do. He goes, he goes, and I snap out of the cocaine induced high. And I go, fuck. I do. I go shit. So I get in the shower, I get out. I didn't have any cologne or maybe I did I or I used uh some brute or something and I and I took it on my glands and I and I did that right I go I'll be right back and he goes don't go please I go don't I go I got this wow so, Holy so I go shit. so I go knock on the door and uh my heart's just vibrating and he opens the door and he says hey brand how you doing come on in and uh, oh my god, I never forget he goes, You want a coffee? <laughs> I'm like, a coffee? <laughs> I'm like, and- You knew how much caffeine I've been on for the last ten hours. Holy like, fuck. Yeah, man, it was wild. And I walked out of there. After- so were
2: you, were you were you sniffing or or were, were you? I again? don't know.
0: I, I don't remember other than I sat down in a chair, he was sitting across from me. And we just talked about what I've done the last ten months about being sober, and I, you know, I, I, I'm so grateful to hopefully get another shot. and uh, they uh, they call me f- maybe three, four, five days later and say that uh, Batman reinstated me. and then you're yeah, that' I, that's, that that's what's incredible so if that <laughs> if it didn't stick, then, it was Chloe, right? I'm skipping ahead. Oh, you mean once I finally got sober? Well, I mean, I I kind of wasn't going to go there. But I'm just, because that's fucking amazing. If you can't
2: get sober for that, especially after being sober all that time, (laughs) and not only to have a few drinks and go off the wagon, but really to do it in that kind of, at some point after the two whiskeys of all things that smell. Oh, I know. Then you go get fucking a bag of cocaine. At some point, that seemed logical to you.
0: I had a, well, what happens when the whiskey kicks in, there is no logic. Wow. So, so then, then the blow, then the, the, uh, the alarm for the blow happens. And once the first line happens for me, all bets are off. Like there's no, oh, you got a meeting the next day or you got to fucking do this. No, no, no.
2: Just like, Tasmanian yeah. devil just yeah, come to town once you do that, and it's yeah. just fucking reckless yeah. in every direction.
0: Yeah, it is It is taking your foot and slamming it to the fucking floor with the pedal. Like It's incredible of, that
2: you're here yeah. telling this story. I mean, I know you know it, that, but... I think
0: it is. I mean, I want to believe that uh, this was all done for, you know, I, you know. quite honestly, Terry, like I, I, you know, played in the NHL and scored a goal or a few and fights and all this but Bar none, for me, the, the 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 proudest thing in my life that I've ever done was one, be a good a good dad to Peanut. And secondly, was the book. Because when I look at the when I when I look at what I've r- written about what I've been through as a human being, um it just takes me back. And I and, and I, I just go, um, way to way to never give up. <laughs> like you know, like- yeah, I mean, really, I thought, you know, that most people I can't
2: say I thought because I wasn't there when you were going through that, always aware of you. And of course, I'd say hi. And yeah. right the last few years, though, we were real close friends. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: I and I knew you were out there in Sylvan Lake. I played junior in Red Deer. Folks don't know. Sylvan Lake's just outside of Red Deer. And it's a, but it is. I, I just knew you were out there partying. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't aware of how crazy the parties were getting or that for any amount of time that you were sober like that. Yeah. So to just – to me, that's the kicker, that story, and that you could come back after making such poor decisions. And when I say you're lucky to be with us, yeah, I don't mean in the amount of drugs that you did. What I mean is that if you can make that decision, I mean, what other decisions did you almost but not – more? Could, could you have made? What if you scored some in Chicago and then robbed a the plane? I mean, I, I don't know. You <laughs> yeah. you're, you're doing coke. It could have yeah. been – I mean, somewhere you got these, someone has a gun, right? At some point yeah. – it's not oh, like a little bit I of know. weed on the side. Wherever you're getting it, you're getting it all over North America too. You don't have one hookup in Edmonton. You're going all over as a celebrity, going oh. into these towns, getting coke. Like you, you know how many times you could have been.
0: Well, you know what though, Terry? Like that. I don't get that house in Sylvan Lake <clears throat> unless unless those cops let me off the hook when I flipped that Harley Davidson. Yeah. There's no fucking. There is no Sylvan Lake. That was the Bob Probert. Yeah. So yeah. when I flip that Harley and, and I get back on it and I got no helmet and I got blood on my shirt and I don't even have a motorbike license and I get pulled over at 3 a.m. And they fucking let me go and I hide under a truck.
2: God, so much <laughs> to unpack
0: that they let you go. There was just one thing would have been enough, but. They, they, they let me go and I and I hide under a pickup truck until they leave and I get back out and I start the Harley. And I get on it again. Fuck, man. Like it's so amazing, dude. It's just amazing. Yeah. So, so the house doesn't exist. If the cops take me in that night and book me for what I should have been booked for. Right. My career at that point is done pretty much like I'm fucked. Uh, But I cried my way through it and I begged the cops and they let me go. Wow. so yeah it's just it's the whole thing from you know just how it all sort of kept going for me was um yeah i guess i don't know insane insanity however you want wanted uh, was
2: any of it self good. sabotage did you feel like imposter syndrome or something i mean it's like you're going out of your way to to
0: well number one i didn't i didn't yeah, yeah so number one i uh the, the feeling that i had after i fought laraq And uh, I had surgery the next day and the doctors told me that, you know, you're done fighting. That feeling that I had was just incredible. Like, you got to think from the time I was 16, um, that burning anxiety or nervousness or sickness or whatever i i had that for 16 17 years always expected to fight and always yeah. expected to win it, exactly the pressure was so cr- so when they told me that i was done fighting um so what, my point about the self sabotage is i think yeah so when i got suspended every time that they they got longer right uh, it was 3 months 6 months a year and then two years, but every time it, it, I, I go away, I go, well, at least I don't got to fight for a while wow, yeah. in treatment, right? Like it was a way to just, yeah. so yeah, maybe there was a self-sabotage. And then the more that I, um, you know, didn't have uh, respect for the women in my life, the girls that I loved or that loved me, um, the the just more of the pit that I fell into so it was uh yeah never-ending cycle yeah that is wild um at any point um, oh by the way I saw your daughter her name's Penny Lane right yes she's a she's a beautiful little girl and I'm so proud of you to Ah, see that to see the father that you've turned into because I know personally for me just being a single dad it's the most beautiful thing and the hardest thing I've had to do because I didn't have, yeah, yeah, I didn't have, um, uh, 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 what's the word? Like a, like a guideline when I was young because of the, because of the, the, uh, the household that I was growing up in, none of it made sense to me. The, the beating of my mother and the beating of me and the beating of my sister, my brother, none of it made sense. Yeah. So, so, and I didn't, you know, so then my grandparents take me in and they're my saviors almost. So when I had a daughter, I, I didn't. I did it all alone again, and I'm like, okay, like, how do I do this? So the only what I'm what
2: but it's I great that to, you responded that way. Some people would be the same, you know. Well, but that, that, that people, was
0: all based on recovery and sobriety, though. Okay. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not there for Chloe. Let's get this straight.
2: Yeah.
0: I ain't there for her if I'm out fucking around and drinking and doing drugs. That her dad is nowhere near her. Yeah so so it it enabled me to be there for my daughter whenever she needed me whenever i never i was never late for a dinner i've never missed an opportunity that i said i was going to be there and i didn't show up so so anyways all i'm saying is i'm proud of you to see the dad that you've that you've turned into which is great well thanks a lot it's um
2: as you know penny lane's mom lives in calgary she mm-hmm. sees sees her danielle just came back a couple of weeks ago but um penny lane would <laughs> to say th- the way we live is unconventional you know because her mom does live out there but there's a there's a lot of love in her life because I, I to get back to it i i, I asked myself the same questions I didn't really ever think about it even. I can't say I didn't plan on having kids. And if you had asked me at some point when I was younger about what I'm going to look like when I'm older, there probably could have been a kid next to me. I don't know. I just never really thought about it, right? But it wasn't, it certainly wasn't planned that way. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyway, you know, you ask yourself those questions, but don't you find it as it plays out, you, 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 you kind
0: of learn together, you know,
2: because they're learning every minute. do well, you,
0: you, you know who I really learned from? Uh, was was Hammer, Sheldon, sure? Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And Hammer, know, Hammer has cool. a daughter that's relatively close to Peanut's age. And yeah, um, I saw, it. I see that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know how many times I called called Shelley, and I'm like, bro, she's 11, and I okay, this is happening. Myes, My just just settle down. This is what's going to be going on, you know. So he really guided me through, and a lot of the stuff he said. You gotta let go. This is fucking killing you. Like you gotta let go. Like even now, peanut just turned 15 Yeah. and oh, it's hard when they get older, man, they're not your little babies anymore. And you're, it's, it's just, you know, the cuddles go away and, and, um, I'm a pretty affectionate guy. And if I'm not getting hugs all the time, I don't think I'm loved. And, you know that kind of stuff. It's the process, so- right? It's <laughs> ongoing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyways, I just I just wanted to commend you on that uh, uh, for for doing that.
2: Well, thanks, and uh, I know I really appreciate it because that's of everything. I know it sounds cliche, but it's probably when it's said and done, it's ongoing. But it's probably my biggest, your biggest accomplishment. You know, yeah. you talk about all these things and weaving your way around like hockey. Well. To be responsible for another life is um, overwhelming at yeah. times. And I, I don't just mean overwhelming in a bad way either. To keep you, you learn on your fucking toes, man. Trial and error. <laughs> yeah.
1: NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time... All new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, what are you waiting for? Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Again, that's code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details.
2: How are you still connected in the game? Uh in the in the game? Yeah, like mm-hmm. hockey. Do you still watch it all? Uh do you- oh, so
0: so I watch, so I watch, you know, like I always rooted for Daryl Sutter and, and and I and I, I like Luch. I love Luch. Um uh ties in Calgary. Um so I've been cheering for the, you know I'm not a fan really like I don't like but but I like to see Calgary do well. Um and uh you know they're in the push right now. Um but uh yeah i I watch the game but I'm not like I'm not involved uh with a team anymore. Oh, I see. Yeah.
2: So when you go to Edmonton, uh, I know you're going to be in and around there soon more than yeah. you have been. Will yeah. you? Go, will you
0: go to many games? You mean hockey games? Yeah. <clears throat> no, like I, 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 uh, I took Chloe to her to a game against the Bruins, and. You know, my buddy, my buddy Jim Montgomery's coaching that team, so I wanted to go see Jimmy and 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 hang out with Jimmy and and uh, and it was Peanut's birthday that day, so that's really the only reason why I took her. Other than that, now nah, I I just watch watch him from home.
2: This is off topic, but you played in Philly when the Legion of Doom were happening, um, and I get asked a lot because I, my first game was against Eric Lindros, and I I think people are starting to forget how, like, dominant that guy was. Like, when they go, well, you know, I haven't seen anything like this since Gretzky or Connor McDavid. We're yeah. we talking about Predard. I'm like, I don't know. There was Eric Lindros in there. Are you guys forgetting? In 1991, did, yeah. he played on Team Canada. He was a junior. He was fucking phenomenal, but you played fucking with him. I know yeah. he was a friend and everything. I know that, but... Was like, he as yeah. dominant a force as yeah. I would have imagined? I got one game in my head to think about live, but you
0: played with him. Uh, yeah, you know, I, just, he- I remember a couple of things about Big E. So, one, you know, he was an intimidating force when I played against him in Tampa when we played Philly. And then when I walked into the dressing room, he was one of the first guys to come up and, hey, man, great to have you, blah, blah, blah. Right? Which is
2: awesome to hear.
0: Which is great to hear when you're, you know, you've followed his career and he's 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 one of the one of the best at that time. Yeah. And then I I see him walk around the dressing room with no shirt on, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. like no fucking fat, 240 pounds jacked, and I'm like, okay. So then we go out and to play, to play like on the same team as this guy to see what he does was incredible and you know he was just um it's hard to explain but i think the people back in the in the 90s um that watched his career for that decade i guess it would have been from 91 or 92 maybe yeah uh, up until you know the eight years with philly for sure before he got smacked um i th- i think he was one or two or three in the league for sure yeah, yeah, me too. I don't know if Terry, I don't you know, I started watching uh Thompson Kid Tate, uh Tage or Tage, whatever. yeah. Yeah, and, and I started I started thinking, wow, here's finally like a really big guy, like yeah. that can that can dangle, right? Yeah. But think about Tage Thompson even producing more points, yeah, and killing guys with like bone crushing hits, bone crushing like, hits. He would often like, well.
2: It's just to me, you know what really, like as a forward, I don't know, man. Like, picture the best up to that point, even since. Okay, if Connor McDavid was skating up and it was like I don't know, a two on two. If he threw it into the corner and hit a hit the D, it would almost look weird. Like he's going to try to get him out. To, I know he does do it. He dumps it in here and there. He has to. But yeah. Eric Lindros, that was a thing. If I'm not quite getting you wide, I'm just going to lay it into the corner, and you're fucked. Like, yeah. that was part yeah. of the plan. You know, Gretzky, Lemieux yeah. was a big guy. He was never part of the plan. I'm not. I'm just saying it was. It was this wild dynamic to a star that you never ever saw before. Um, my favorite, Mize, is was that. He hadn't played a game in the NHL yet. It was 1991, and it was the Canada Cup, and oh, yeah. he played. He played on
0: that yeah. team, and he was one of the best players. I think he was 16, or no? He, I think oh, he was 17. He got drafted in 90. He was 17. Okay, so yeah, he, he got had, drafted he had in, in had more game
2: in the NHL yet. Yeah, and he yeah. he was hitting everything that moved. It was it was yeah. almost comical to watch. And I'm like, Thank God, this guy's a junior. Okay. Imagine that. Like it was like right now, Bernard is the biggest prospect that we've seen recently. Even yeah. go back to McDavid and Crosby, but yeah. they would still wouldn't
0: have played on Team Canada without playing in the league yet. Probably not. Um, I'm trying to think who who would you say that that has uh, been comparable to Big E since he retired. Like let's. Let's not even count when he went to the Rangers or he went to Toronto. Let's just focus on what he did in Philly. Has there been has there been anybody ever other than maybe like Marc Messier to literally dominate in both aspects of the game? Um I guess you could oh you know what you know who's close. Shanny. Yeah, Brendan Shanahan. People don't realize this guy had over 2000 penalty minutes. He had six hundred goals. Like what a talk about a complete package player. So I would say Shanny. I would the only closest thing would be Shanahan, possibly Messi, but Messi that's it. That's it. There's no well, I else.
2: I honestly I'm glad you mentioned Shanahan because I'm sick of saying it. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know at what <laughs> point people forgot this guy. <laughs> Like you just said, wasn't six hundred? Like think about that. And he was fucking tough, and he would
0: initiated. He, he there was no fucking around here. Like you know, well, he fought more than Big E did. So he yeah. fought more than, but he didn't lay those killer hits. But he played dirty. I shouldn't say dirty. He he played the the way we played in played the nineties. Snarl on, yeah. yeah. He played with a fucking snarl. He had over 2,000 PIMS. He had 600 goals in the National Hockey League. He had two Stanley Cups, I believe. Like, this guy, is to me, is regarded one of the best all-time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're never going to, like, so I'm trying to think today, who hits really hard and scores goals? I, I Is there anybody?
2: I don't know.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. It just doesn't happen anymore. You know, you hit a guy high, you know, it's a penalty. Like, so
2: yeah, there's guys you know, that aren't afraid, like Evander Kane will answer the bell if he has to, but he doesn't really go out and hit hit. He could when he hits, he's he's a fucking good hitter. But yeah. I know like he was looking for the hit, he was getting a lot of hits, and there's other guys that just rub guys out. Lindros, it was a
0: tactic, it was like, get wow. the
2: fuck out of my way, or I'm gonna it, hurt
0: you. If you look at if you look at our team. So that year in 1998, the we might go down as the biggest team ever. So we had we uh-huh. had Lindros, we had Leclaire, we yeah. had Chris Gratton, yeah. we had we had Joel Otto, we had uh-huh. me, Danny Kordick, Danny LaCroix. We had Shell Samuelson on the back Shel end Samuelson. with De- Desjardins. Even Desjardins, Luke- <laughs> who was just, he was finesse, but he was big. Man. Unreal. We yeah. had Luke Richardson. We had Snow- Garce Snow and Ron Hextall and net. You want to talk about a big team? Wow. Yeah. Like, guys average well, 6'3".
2: In 94-95, I believe they made the final.
0: Just uh, do, actually, they board. played Detroit the year before I got there. So they played Detroit in 96-97. Okay. They got swept four games.
2: But they made the final.
0: Yeah, right? they made the final. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's My memory they, always doesn't yeah, serve me correctly. But they, I remember yeah. Lindros having a huge year and uh, them at least making the final. Uh,
0: okay, so... I wish he'd do more on... And I don't mean to be say that in a negative way. I wish we'd see more Big E. Yeah, I know. And like a, way,
2: on a panel he, or something.
0: Yeah, like something. Like like he was just such a such a legend and and uh, and a great guy. I I uh I just wish we'd see more Eric. I mean, we see you we start to see lots of Gretz and Mass and Chelly and and these guys. Yeah, I know, right? right? Gretz but, is yeah.
2: like on TNT. I mean, what are, yeah, you know, yeah. Weird Big how e, that all happened e. and now it's normal. Like, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. About five years ago, may, maybe six, no more than that, I was in Ontario for the summer, and I always check in with the alumni there, and because there's a lot going on, and um, there was Eric Lindros's golf tournament. They needed um, it was three three games of golf going on at the same time, so they needed three sets of eighteen. So I guess they were low on guys, so I got the call. Ron McLean was there; he's a buddy. So Ron said, "Come on out, we'll get you paid." and go through an alumni thing with these legends of the game and everything. And some guys that I were friends with, so it was, it was, I was pumped. Yes. So I go to it and Ron had me sit with him, but it was at the head table. It was when Lindros was getting inducted to the hall of fame whenever it was, a, oh, wow. it was that time. So, wow. uh, anyway, I sat at the fucking head table with Lindros. It was just really, cause Ron got me an extra seat, <laughs> Yeah. but I, and I didn't open my mouth, man, because you know, <laughs> in this, in this case, there was a lot of legends there. He was going through that. And, yeah. um, it was speak when spoken to but i was really surprised at how humble he was because of you know when he held out when he was younger i mean he was this had this nasty ferociousness. i just thought he'd be a cocky fuck but he wasn't at all it was completely the opposite well he
0: was a i remember we went to ottawa and uh i said to him i go e i go you want to go in the cuz uh, at that, that at that time it was a western and it was attached to the to the mall and yeah. i said i said e i go you want to go uh go to get, to uh, buy some uh, dress shirts or go to the food court. Cause oh, my, I don't think I can go. I'm like, wait, I go, what are you talking about? He's like, ah, oh, it's just, I get hounded quite a bit in these places. And I'm like, oh right. fuck off with the, with the big league shit. I go, let's go. I'll meet you in the lobby. So we open the door to go into the mall and there's right. like 30, 40 fans waiting for him and we literally <laughs> we, we literally couldn't we couldn't go shopping this is pre internet this is pre anything right you're getting the fucking hockey news back then that's a boy yeah he
2: was as big as you could get though oh he was there.
0: so big back then and yeah. and just to imagine that type of player with his looks let's let's not forget let's not forget you're how, fucking right how fucking good looking this man was when yeah. he was 18, 19 in the, in the National Hockey League.
2: Chiseled, too. And his even his fucking face is just like a Greek god.
0: Yeah, like a Greek god. Like, you could market him on anything back then. So, 6'5". Yeah, right. Very, very good-looking man. Making eight sheets a year. Um, best player in the National Hockey League. Think about what type of attention that would get today.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, really. like, I mean, this, this Connor kid, this Bedard, um, you know, they're going to be able to probably market the shit out of him too. If he, if, if he can produce on sort of what he's been doing now, after, after
2: hockey, you went to school when yeah. you were, uh, what's your, uh, what did, what did you, uh, it's a degree? Oh, or substance
0: seduce, yeah.
2: Okay. And that was in Calgary, right? Yeah. So how did you like that process?
0: It was great. It was, uh, you know i i was ready tr like i was ready for uh, a change in my life you know and yeah. when i when i got to school um the league was just so good to me thank god um they paid for that I, I had no money and uh they they paid for me to go and and i just remember sitting there and and going um okay this is the first step like you know cuz people gotta remember like i didn't get hired by the kings until 2015 so it took me seven years of sending proposals every year, yeah. for, some, for something to crack, you know. Yeah, and uh, I just remember Dean saying, "Okay, well, you got your, you got your uh, certificate in Alberta. I want you to go back to school and and take a these courses in in California, and I'll pay for it." Oh, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. so I did, and uh, so an- anyway, school was a. Uh, it was great, man. I was starting to learn about me, and why the hell did I go into that room at nine in the morning when the doctor was there? Yeah. Why did I get back from underneath the truck after the cops let me go? You know why was yeah. I doing that kind of stuff? And I started to go, "Oh, Brent, you know, you 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 have a disease of the of the mind, and what what went when that when you're." brain gets introduced to alcohol or drugs you react differently you're wired differently than some other people oh okay so that's why i'd make those decisions cuz i don't do that when i'm sober i only do that when i'm drinking or doing coke
2: yeah right? it's, it's it's so night and day <laughs> that
0: yeah. it really it, it really
2: shows like your story in the book and each time i even converse with you It's so night and day that it almost is – that's part of the inspiration is that people go, Jesus Christ, like this guy here is the one I'm reading about? Yeah, This smart, articulate guy? (laughs) Yeah. This dad that, you know, doesn't really want to fight?
0: Yeah.
2: He's like a big fan of hockey growing up, but doesn't sound like a madman. Yeah, yeah. Um, How about this? Give me a few players that you like to watch. Now, I'll tell you, people – Oh, this is going to get good. I like this. Well, I just tell you... I like that. I often get asked this question, and people go, well, it's a different game. Like, I don't know. Johnny Goudreau would never last back then. I'm like, no, they would. Not everybody in our era fought. There was a lot of guys that did. Some guys... But, like, I remember looking at Pierre Turgeon and going, like, there's a guy... You never... No matter what era, he's not going to get in fights. But he's so slick with the puck, and he's his hockey IQ, and just the way he handled himself out there. And, And I remember being in awe of his there was other guys koivu recce there was guys that didn't really fight a lot that i but he was real finesse like a real throwback to almost Shiny. like of course he wouldn't fight because he's graceful out there i remember going and i loved watching him now i also loved watching shanahan so but, what
0: years are you what years are you talking about what decade like I'm what? what, what area? now right Oh, what players do I like to watch now?
2: Now, I would say for me, like just for example, I mean, McDavid's obvious. So let's take him out of the equation. Yeah. But I like a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love watching Patrick Kane. And there's no angst or physical game really there. But I love watching that. When it, I love Tage Thompson. Yeah. But I guess, you know, I, I really enjoy watching Mitch Marner. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so you're talking about as of like when I watch hockey now.
2: Now, like, what, yeah, yeah what, what
0: what players what players do I like to watch? Who do
2: you like? I guess they could be
0: tough, man. It could be whoever just yeah. who
2: stands out.
0: Um, who do I like to watch? You know, I I guess like I'm trying to. Th- man, oh man, there's I hate to say this, but I still love to watch Sid play. Yeah, that's a great answer, man. You know, like, like I I get the whole McDavid thing, and obviously he's, you know, he's doing his thing with his points and stuff. But the career that Crosby's had, are you fucking kidding me? Imagine that in this. What he's doing? What what the fuck he's doing right now at his age? Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, like he's getting. You know, I get it. He's getting older, but people got to remember, man. Like this guy's dominated the National Hockey League for fifteen fucking years. Yeah. You know, and here's the other thing, too. Until you got hardware on your hand, I'm sorry. I'm you've sorry. Been a great, you've been a great player. Like, you've been a good, good, great, whatever you want to call it. But you have to have fucking hardware on your fingers. There's something to be, to be considered. Said that. Absolutely. It, it ends the
2: argument anyway, but it it, Doesn't it, it really?
0: First, and hey, sorry, Iggy. Sorry, sorry, Joe Thornton. I fucking love both of you. I think you guys are unbelievable hockey players. Um, uh admire what you've done. You know, Iggy got shafted there in game six back in the day, should have had a ring. Um, but anyways, my I'm not taking away from the great players of the game, but when you start comparing guys and you go Sidney Crosby versus who? Yeah, who, you, you, who it right has to be now part of the equation. That's right. Like who Ovi got a he's got one. Okay, cool.
2: But he's got it, he did it, and and you know, even the other guys, like you said, Iggy and them, like, but, but even the finals, you know, you can, you can, even, even with Iggy, you can say, you know, he got to the finals. Um, that's, as true. I think he won, he won that's the Olympics a couple true. times. He did. Right? He did. Like, he, I mean, something. He,
0: he that's right. He me won the Olympics. He that's, the second round. that's right. And, you know, so, anyways, um, I, I like to, I think that that, tage thompson i didn't know that that was my buddy's son yeah i
2: know i only found out the other day it's brent thompson yeah i saw brent
0: when he played in hartford
2: for the uh the wolfpack
0: yeah i when i lived in sylvan I guess Tage would have just been really young, but I'd yeah. go over to Brents and he'd lend me his Harley, and I'd I'd take that thing for a rip. And uh, I haven't talked to B in a long time. But I anyways, just found
2: out the other day, dude. I saw Tage Thompson interviewed, and he referred to it. I had no idea. Thompson's a fairly common name, and yeah. Brent, if I'm not mistaken, was a left shooting defenseman. Am I wrong? I,
0: uh, well, God, he was in. He was nuts. Jesus, he guy, shot left. I think. I don't know, but I just remember every time we played against him, he was mean and just tough yeah but uh uh you know i think when i saw what luch did with uh mcdermott the other night um when they went into the pile and the refs had him and and luch looked at the ref and said let me go I saw oh buddy it, i think i watched like eight times because it I'm just yearning to 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 see that uh, what what how it used to be all the time, you know. It, it was it, so, it was great. Well, it's nice to see pe- pe-
2: people play with passion like that. And uh, I'll tell you this, man, Lucic, You know what I love about it? Say what you will. He signed a deal. I think he's in the last year. Didn't he sign for seven years with the Oilers back? And when pe- people were kind of upset, yeah, I, think yeah, it was like, I, I don't you know.
0: I think six he
2: did a th- six six times six. Six times six, which again now you're looking at it, going, he's, you know, one of you always arguably the toughest. He played it out. A lot of guys don't play it out, man. He played it out. He could have claimed injury whenever he's an aging athlete and that fucking threw his weight. No one would have said boo if he said, "Well, my groin's bad," or if he mailed it in, or if he didn't train going into this year. But he's done it, and he's fighting. And he's fighting those guys. Think about it in his mid-30s. Look, even guys like Shani, I remember playing with Corson, and I would be impressed, you know, when they would drop their gloves. But towards the end, I don't know that they did as much as at the beginning. Yeah. I don't know, Dave Manson. Think of all the guys. You kind of earn a little. Lucic answers the bell every fucking time. He doesn't yeah. take a lot of games off. Look, he hasn't missed a lot of games, and he plays physical like that. Shows me a guy that's got pride in his game and is a loyal fucking yes. soldier, and I love that about him.
0: Yes, I agree a hundred percent. I think I think <clears throat> Milan could have played in in any era. I think yeah. that he would have been regarded as like like a well. To me, he's you know, uh, how can I put it? He's he's just one of the he's just you know one of the best all around. I know I know his production has 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 went, um, but again, it's easy for fans or guys to get on the bandwagon and and, and fucking start chopping them and, and like one of his last years of his deal when he's, you know, who knows if he's going to play next year, but we got to watch a prime Luch each for what? 11 years, probably around there, like a prime Luch, where his fights were downtown through the fucking middle. You're getting hit on the button. And I love the fact that he doesn't wear a visor. I got to tell you this whole fucking visor thing. I'll go back to this just a little bit. When I played in Hartford, they told me, son, no helmet and warm up. I couldn't wait to get out there without a helmet. It was yeah, just it the was most beautiful thing. It was great. Yeah. Then I saw all these guys, you know, now the visors are off. It's pro. Yeah. It's, it's the National Hockey League. I okay? loved, loved going loved, out there with no visor on. Loved it. Loved it. And then, you know, so guys would be like, oh, i go, okay, so Gretz, no visor. Mario, no visor. Mess, no visor. Shady, no visor. You could go down the line with guys that didn't have, didn't have the visors on. Yeah. Now, when you watch a game, it is like literally Olympic hockey. Yeah. Literally. And I think that as far as like the uh, marketing of players, it's harder to market a guy that has a shield over his face. If you saw the old pictures of... You know Gretz and the boys back in the day with the cool looking helmets on and the no visors. It was just I don't know. It's it's just tough to see everybody now wearing a shield. So when you see Luch and Reeves, and I want to say, not many. Uh, man. I'm trying to think who else doesn't have a visor. Gets on.
2: laugh I think just went out. He he didn't have one at the end. Cassian
0: of it. Cassian didn't wear a visor.
2: Oh, uh, that It's, it's funny
0: because uh, it took me,
2: like when I got to camp. And it's the NHL. I'm like, I got enough pressure on me here. Montreal's fucking first round pick. I went out there, and as soon as I took it off, I could just see more peripheral. Like it's just because there's a part, you know, there's a part absolutely if you funny. got your visor on, yeah. there's part of the ice that you can't see anymore. It's a half inch on the side absolutely. of your eye. But and I'd be like, and then I'd take it off. I'm like, man, this is like shiny. Why it's, the fuck? am <laughs> I gonna put on a
0: visor? It was right. just, it was just so cool to 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 rip around the ice with this with the old CCM bucket on and and no bug shield. And right. it's not the players' fault. It's just the way that the game, the insurance companies, or I don't know why anybody like there. Number one, there's really no hits anymore like there used to be. Um, we you, you know get knocked out at center ice from a Scott Stevens hit. So. I, I don't know. I, I don't buy the whole thing. Oh, there's less injuries now. No, I, I really don't buy that. I just, at, at some point, though, even there, even there, you see,
2: when people say to say to me, look, but we're adults. I know. Like, I knew going out there that, hey, if I fucking don't wear a visor, there's probably an elevated chance that if a sure. puck comes through the air, it's going to hit me in the eye. But I know that, and I'm better at it. I don't want to wear a neck guard. Do we, we, we a neck guard? Now. Of course, If yes, if someone throws a fucking objectile from the stands and it hits me in the neck or if, if if I get a slap shot, I know that it would have been better if I had a neck guard on. But, but, I don't want to fucking it. wear one. You know, uh, like,
0: was there's it some the weeding, time when you're an adult. Was it the, was it the weeding out of the fourth line tough guy? Maybe. Because you you kidding me now and you're playing junior and you get suspended now fucking after three fights? Are you kidding? I had that in a weekend or in a game. In a weekend. In a game. I remember multiple games. I I count on one hand, but I yeah, man. So we're not gonna like we think this generation is soft when it comes fucking wait till the next one. Like all it's gonna be is fucking power plays and penalty killing. That's it.
2: The first time, the first time I had three and out. Was yeah. we were playing in Tacoma and I was go- I was sixteen years old. I had, I had one three tilts as a sixteen year old <laughs> because Tacoma Kim was waiting in the dressing oh. room. Remember that?
0: I remember I remember oh, her. Yeah. I one remember, of the boys I go, come on. So I remember we were, Tacoma Kim. Yeah. I do. Wow. That's a wow. I haven't my, my that first
2: a year in Try, we were bad anyway. We we only they wanted everybody to make the playoffs and we we had to play a playdown with victoria the last game of the year we sucked we were in second last place and um so it was just a revolving door and it was like a year that it, I, I don't know it it was almost fun as a 16 year old to know you're going to lose like that cuz we got a lot of an opportunity and I remember the coach, we were going into Tacoma, and like we'd lost like five in a row. And it looked like I was so ballsy, man. I fought Parenton and two more. I don't remember the other two, but I know oh, it was yeah. three. Very going back good. out for the second period, I look over, I go, are you telling me? And she was ju- just doing that right with her finger. David Brumby, our goalie, goes, that's Tacoma Kim. And I said, oh,
0: that's Tacoma <laughs> oh, Kim. Oh, my God. I, buddy, I haven't heard that name in 30 years. Yeah.
2: Brummer was our goalie, man. He was getting he was, – wow. uh, he was coming out again. I'm only 16. It was early in early on, like probably yeah. 10 games in.
0: Yeah. And anyway, yeah. Yeah, I was
2: like, "Primer, are you serious?" He goes, "Yeah." And He goes, "Fuck it." He goes, "Get another couple," and I did. So I didn't come out for the third period. I stayed in the room.
0: At- oh my lord, that's that's such a great story. Like, oh, uh, well, that's another league that is unrecognizable from when I played and you played. Yeah. Is the Western League? It's yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I went and watched a game. I went and watched a game in Red Deer. And I don't know if there was one fucking hit. Why isn't that? I I can't believe you're saying that about the because it was literally everybody for the it was the Wild West in every sense of the word when we played it. Jeez, look, my lord, boy, did that get you ready for pro hockey playing in the Western League? Oh yeah. And and now I went and watched, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, I've been here for a period and a half, and there there's not one hit.
2: That's incredible to me.
0: Fucking guys, guys are snowing the goalie when they stop, and nobody even nobody. You'd be benched it. if you didn't finish your hit. You didn't have to Bob Lauk's
2: right again. Oh he yeah, he was this crazy barbarian. He wasn't. He was just like guys, finish your hit. I heard all about him. He came in. I thought oh. he was pretty tame. He was good. He was just like, don't not finish your fucking hit though. You don't have to maim the guy, but just because he would be by the end of the game, Nolan Baumgartner or Sheldon Surrey or whoever it is is going to be more tired oh. and they're going to give it up. That was yeah. the whole thing. If I was yeah. in the second period and didn't finish my hit,
0: bench. Yeah. Yes. You would literally be benched if <laughs> yeah. you didn't finish a hit. And you knew it. Like, it absolutely. It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, and here's the thing. If you watch a game on ESPN between Colorado and whoever or Boston or something back in 1996, 97, 98, 99, um, the electricity in the barn Before the game got going. Yeah. Like, like people knew what to expect when they paid that fucking hundred dollars to go watch that game that night. Oh, they knew what was coming and it's, and I feel sorry for the fans today, the new age fans that will never ever get to experience on a Saturday night you know, the f- game one of fucking Colorado and Detroit or whoever it may be, where it was a war. It was literally a war. And the refs, remember in the playoffs, all oh, the refs put the whistles away. You think it's like that now? I know. Are you fucking kidding me? I know. I know. I hear that. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You're insulting me. Right? Jesus.
2: Right? We had to go out there, man. And if I was, still, God damn it, go in front of the net. Just yeah. like. Just welts, welts, mm-hmm. axe and axe mm-hmm. on the back of your legs, everywhere, up under the ribs, everywhere that yeah. the demon. D- you, you ever play, against Pronger? Pronger. You ever play against Pronger? You a- ever play against Pronger? Once, and I've oh. often said to be- crazy, craziest thing, craziest oh. thing I've ever done is go in front of the net with that guy. Oh, right God, up under yeah. your ribs, cross check into your liver or your yeah. kidney. Yes. And, yes. Then and-, and then whack you across the back of the legs. Cross check, whack. Cross check,
0: whack. Yeah. Chris Pronger was a menace. Like, that's another guy that doesn't get talked about enough. My lord, I mean, what, a hockey team, foot what a hockey. Six, six foot seven, one of the best, anyway. Like, I mean, I think there's an argument for fucking top four ever. Ever. People don't seem to say that. Well, well how, about, how about this? Okay. Take Victor Hedman, make him a little fucking better, and then make him one of the meanest guys in the league.
2: Yeah, exactly. And okay, knowing, you want
0: to see that every night? That's what Chris Pronger was.
2: And knowing that anybody that played with Pronger would always tell me they're like, you know, he knows he's gonna take his couple of penalties each night, so there's yes, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. like he knows that. So he's but, not gonna be uh, hesitant to you come in, in front of the net, like you're gonna no. go Well, he
0: also, but but prongs too could take care of himself, no doubt, but he yeah. also was always surrounded by a couple heavies, too, on each team. Yeah. Like, was, he had the Twister, or well, no, wait, he had Twister in St. Louis and Chaser, right? Yeah,
2: like, real, real, real tough. Real
0: fucking tough. He had fucking Jimmy Mack and Hartford, right? He had fucking, <laughs> uh, who else did he have? He See, I didn't know
2: State. how to <laughs> not play. I didn't know how to play without, there was no anywhere easy in our era. Now, people think I'm joking. This summertime, I swear to God, I'm skating as I do with all the pro guys that leave and the junior guys, whatever. We have a good skate in the summer, right? Few times a week. Even now it starts. Some of the guys are coming back from college or pro overseas or whatever. And we skate all year and it turns real fucking wicked in the summer. And all the junior guys are talking and the pro guys. And a couple of the boys are there and they're talking about whether they rather play at home or on the road. And I'm going, what? What do you you mean? You you rather, where? They're like, well, you know, I'm pretty good at home, but on the road I find like, you know, I can kind of wheel around. that I don't have to worry about, you know, home fans. I'm like, what? I can't, there's nowhere I remember being good to go in and play. (laughs) Nowhere. That was better (laughs) than a home game. Right? (laughs) At least at home, there's at like, least I'm at home and I I got my own bed to sleep in and I got my own fans cheering for me and maybe Mark Major will be slightly less hesitant to cross check me in my team. Mark, Mark right Major. fuck yeah they had, <laughs> even that team that's portland no one talks Mark Major Frank Biolois Ryan Vandenbush there that's and oh, I'm not even thinking that was about. that
0: was on the same they were on the same team yeah yeah oh. and then Byalowitz. Philly G. teams back then were tough. Bailoes they had, went oh. from there.
2: He went from there to Philly. I remember Philly at one time had Bialoas. Bola uh, Reese, Bola Reese, <laughs> Steve McLaren. No, that guy? They that the, guy? They had the Mac there. Bialoas, wow. Steve McClaren, the Francis Belanger, Francis, oh, Francis Belanger. Met Francis Lazard, Lass- Lass- and and you know what? Uh, this is out <laughs> there. This is out there. Those other guys, whatever. It was just going into Philly. I remember going, "Fuck!" And I'm telling you, oh, I was man. in Freddie, as you know, for my first two years, and like. We really didn't have much depth when it came to toughness. And Sly in, I don't mind Sly, yeah, whatever, but Sly, yeah. Sly was there and he was, like, hurt every time. I'm like, fuck, I could never tell. Fly, are you fucking pulling the shoe? Because I'm like, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking play this goddamn game. Me and Darcy Harris, Dave Morissette, Aaron Asham, Jerry Fleming would always you be them You played with the Moose? I played with Moose, yeah. yeah. No. I played the game that Moose cut Probert and put him out of the game. Did you ever oh, see that? Yes. So best, you were there, there that game? That's the game I fought Cam
0: Russell. That was my last NHL shift. I fought Russell no well, earlier in the shift or earlier in the game. Oh, I want to um, check that out. I want to check that out. Yeah, the moose man. He was uh we had a couple of good battles. He was playing for the uh the moose. He yeah, was from- Manitoba Moose, yeah. He was playing for Manitoba, and uh he was a boy. Oh boy, you know, there's some guys you look at and you're like, Oh, I don't know about this guy, yeah. And I looked at the moose. And the goat, the black goatee, and the big wrist, and all that kind of big, stuff. Big, you're like, big. just a fucking barrel chest on him, and you're like, Wr- okay, how, how's how's this gonna go tonight? Wrote a you book
2: know? and admitted to doing steroids. I didn't see him do it, but it didn't surprise me. He was because on the juice. I, eh? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! And he he would pack like he had a strong punch. He would sit and like if if he caught you, Moose's problem. He would throw so so hard that he would often fall yeah, if, over. If, but if he missed, if, if he missed. yeah. But yeah. if he hit you, holy f- – anyway, so we were on the bench, man, and it was um, – I believe me, him, and and Trent McCleary were the fourth line, and we were playing Probert Jansen's Russell. So oh, I was, like, going, fuck. Oh, yeah, that was the okay. line, the fourth line. <laughs> I was going out, going, hold. so I fuck Cam Russell that night. It was highly the night, but because his fight with Probert obviously was a big accomplishment. That was insane. I've never seen Probert. He fucking hit him. Proby started leaking and went down and had to go off.
0: I know, I, I, I'm like, oh boy, this isn't going to be the end of of Proby. Like, he's no, be, no, yeah. no. And, uh,
2: but that, yeah. Anyway, I, I went off, but it, we, so we went in Moose. Moose, I could rely on. Um, but it was like me and Ash, who are who are middleweights. Asham's real tough, man. Look at his fights. But we're going in. I don't know if we were first on the menu for like Steve McLaren, if that was supposed to be the case, but <laughs> it would be. And that fucking Lassard. The other yeah, guys I could uh, talk to, he hated me. He fucking he never once smiled. It was like a rhinoceros, and I'd like, but you know, the cartoon. Uh, have cartoon. you ever seen him
0: get hurt? No. I mean, this guy would open up with lefts, open and up he'd go toe to toe with anybody. Yeah. And he was like Domi. He would You could you could hit him fifty times, and it nothing, not a mark.
2: Unbelievable. He's lining <laughs> up. This is on YouTube, and he's lining up in Philly. I'm with the St. John's Leafs at this point, 99-2000. And I'm looking over and I'm starting the game on left and I know it. And he's fucking grunting and fucking timbering, and <laughs> And he comes over. I said, fuck it. So I fucking caught him. And I'm perfect for him because he knows yeah. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw. I'm probably not going to knock him out with a punch like Morissette will. It's going to yeah. make him look at least decent. But I fucking said, fuck it. He hit me hard. I wasn't going to go down. I kept yeah, going.
0: Yeah. And yeah. fucking
2: go to the penalty box. Come out again. Let's fucking go. Again, Ooh. again. Sandman's on the bench loving this. He goes, don't do it again. I said, fucking rights. I'm doing it again. I fought him again the third time. And we came back to St. John's. Yeah. And I fought him first shift the next fucking game. Oh, and my he made gosh.
0: You Maybe, fought him we, four times, and, four in, and, in
2: a row. Come back, back in St. John's. This was now the fr- first game next, or sorry, first shift next game. We go to the box, and he looks yeah. over. So, you bleeding? You bleeding? And I'm I'm bleeding. And then he he laid off. Then now he he finally
0: made me bleed. I guess that well, was it. So did you did you did you like fighting lefties? No, I just hate... I didn't yeah. like
2: that he was trying to show me up and I've got to yeah. hate him.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't.
2: Yeah. I I didn't love it. Matt Odette, we had a fucking couple good ones too. Big guy. I... You know what? I... I- loved Langer. That's why I loved Langer. I, I wasn't great at it. I didn't mind switching hands, and I could, but Langer, like, I, I actually watched his tapes trying to model Like, I couldn't do it like he could, but I know what you're saying about the technical part of it, right? He would wrap yeah. you around, and I don't know. He was like a fucking Venus flytrap or something. All of a sudden, people, are, like, you got tough guys, and they're fighting Langer, and he got he the was, better of him.
0: He was like the Horace Gracie of yeah of NHL fighters. Yeah, Like, Wasn't the biggest, but other than the one fight where Grimson lifted and lifted his shirt above his head and tied it in a knot, yeah. Other than oh, and then Brad May when his jersey came off one night, but that's not other than those. Other than those, consistently fucking his fights with McSorley and Probert and Brashear and whoever. That guy to me, I I told all my buddies, I'm like. This kid doesn't get enough recognition. No, he doesn't. What on going down is one of the top 10 all times like best fighters ever. Best fighters Never. ever. And, yeah, and a lot man, of the approach,
2: was... Myzy, a lot of the approach was I'm going to get set. I'm going to take fucking eight or 10 first. Like, yeah. He knew to go in like i remember learning that i could take a punch for the first couple times like that was like whew, yeah okay i can do this then if, if mm-hmm. those bare knuckles just hit me and i'm not knocked out right you gotta learn that you can do that but he would go next level he would like be fighting prober and get well, that langer fucking he, fucking
0: he, he, hug he also, and, and then they'd be, they'd be punching him and he'd take him and then he, he'd come back it was it was like when i fought him <clears throat> i remember saying um Okay, Mizey. Like, as soon as this fight happens and you square off and you grab this guy, you got to take his helmet off. Yeah, you have to fucking take his helmet off because he fucking hides. He he puts his chin down and he he used to wear like a bit of a bigger bucket back then. And so instantly, I took my so I think I grabbed yeah I grabbed him with my right and I took my left hand and I went to the back of the bucket and I popped it off right away. And then I'm, so now I'm like, okay, okay. We're on a bit even playing field here. And then I started to gas out. I started to gas out like maybe 45 seconds into it. And he could tell that I was gassing out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he can, but he he does, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's like, okay, this is where I take over. And then somehow I think uh, either I went down or I don't know what happened at the end, but we both went down and, um, yeah, Darren Langdon. It was it was nice to see that you had him on because you don't see a lot of Langer either.
2: No, you don't see a lot of Langer. We do some. We well, we played a few charity those NHL ch- charity games. It was Wendell Clark and friends. Actually, it was a great yeah. time. But that's when I said it. I go Langer. Geez, you're not out there much. Would you come yeah. on my podcast? He goes, Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, you never asked me, but I, I think I just assumed <laughs> he wouldn't. I, I don't know. Yeah, that um, was great. But you know, um, the thing about Langer, oh, I fought Langer twice, and the first time. Oh, you I did? remember going the first time. I
0: yeah. When the hell did you fight him? Oh man, in you senior fought, hockey. Yeah. You fought Langdon. I fought Langdon. Senior, I, like a like a like an actual Corner Cornerbrook
2: f- Royals were fucking flying me in from a six hour drive from St. John's, Newfoundland. <laughs> they were flying me in. To, you know, they were paying me money to do a job, man. They were paying oh me good God. money. <laughs> now it's not the Quebec Senior League where everybody fights. No, I know. You, I know you what you're talking whole, about. Yeah, we it's go to the the goal is the Herder, the goal is the Allen Cup, whatever. Allen your fight cup, yeah. Happen. Good hockey, but, man. Really good yeah, hockey. Yeah, good hockey. Um, yeah. Each team had a, a bunch of pro guys that came back and good locals and, you know, sold out, nice atmosphere. Put me through part of my schooling. Mm-hmm. So Langer had come back, it was 04 05. He was playing in New Jersey, it was lockout year. And everybody was saying he was going to play for Deer Lake, which is the arch rival of my team. I'm like, no, I Langer's not playing. And sure enough, he came out, man. He dressed, and the place was he. There was a there was a vibe, like you said, in warm oh, up, and I was like, "How's he going to approach this? You know, is he going?" Because I knew Langer. I mean, Langer and I had beers when I played New York, my only game against Gretzky, and he made sure Gretzky came over. And you know, I can go on and on. Nice. Me and Langer knew each other; we're best buddies. But I looked up to him, like you were saying, Dave Brown.
0: Yeah, right? for sure. It
2: was awkward for me more than anything. So, and uh, he ran the goalie first shift. Our goalie, Jeff Murphy. I was, and I looked. And we had Todd Gillingham, who just passed away. Rest in peace, Todd. Um, we had a couple of local guys. Wait, but Todd, I think Todd Gillingham passed away? He did, yeah, but three months ago, substance. Yeah, for the most part. No I mean, way,
0: I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. How, was it? Was it in the media or anything? I never heard uh, about it. Not, not a whole lot. Yeah, he had, a, he had a struggle. with wow, Gilly, last-
2: Gilly. Yeah, I remember Gilly. Great. Uh, yeah. Just honestly, I can't say enough about how wow. great of a person he was. Outside of when he drank, it was night and day, and he had the. He had some demons, and he got into, got into the drugs, and uh, I'm not talking out of school this Sure, hurt. sure, yeah. And uh, we all loved him, and yep. um, he uh, just – he didn't overcome it, man, but, but my memories with Gilly are, are great ones, and Gilly was there that night. And Gilly, you see, grew up in Cornerbrook. Langer grew up in Deer Lake. They're around the same age. And so there was a thing going back to like when they were like 10 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of came in the middle, but I knew Gilly, I love Gilly, but I knew Gilly was no match for Langer. The people in Cornerbrook thought so because they're just watching these guys go away every year and come back and that was right before the internet was out, but YouTube I don't think was a thing, 04050506 like around there. And uh, so anyway, Gilly started in a warm-up the shit. It was fucking craziness, a lot of fights. Um and uh <laughs> that I mean that particular year and um Langer did that. So I went on the ice. I, I just looked and I said, I'm probably the most not qualified, but I knew that I wouldn't go down right away. And I knew the people in Cornerbrook wanted somebody to stand up to Darren Langdon. It was like, the, you know, I can't believe me all you over fought him, him
0: man. Wow. I dropped
2: my gloves. He said no. So I went yeah, to I did again. Yeah. And he fucking pushed me then and turned around and then he dropped him. I guess he thought about it. I'm, I'm, wow. I'm going to say no to a fight. And he was in the NHL. It was just a lockout. Sure. So sure. and I'm probably got twenty pounds on. You know, I'm oh, okay. I'm collecting a senior paycheck. Okay. I end up. I'd, I'd end up going through a change of sorts. You know, sure. ball hockey and all that. But that wasn't until the next year. This is the peak of. I always played hockey. I would have been the most out of shape here, and okay. fucking anyway, I started to go, and he started wrapping me up, and I'm going, Mize, and I'm hitting him, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm seven or eight, and I'm yeah. going. I don't even like where this is going I <laughs> yeah. because he has, I'm sure that I'm not beating. I'm sure I'm not giving Darren Langdon too much that he can handle. Yeah, and he yeah. hasn't done anything. It was like if you were in the water and you knew that Jaws was like swimming around somewhere underneath you and you might get to land and nothing will happen. But yeah. you know that if he's just waiting to fucking chomp and <laughs> yeah. sure enough, and he swung me one way, swung me the other, took his yeah. fucking arm out and started going. I didn't go down, but fuck, was it a masterclass in fighting?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He, uh, man, oh man. I, I, I just, I, I couldn't believe what he was doing to the heavies heavies like heavies, like Grimson and all the big boys. Like then he fought twister. And like, I, I just, it was amazing. I'm like, I've just never seen a guy that was so technical and calm. Um, and then just find a way to use both hands really well. Uh, He's an artist at work, man. He was man. He was so great to. And I here's another thing I loved about Langer is that he was a a cool, tough guy. Yeah. So he's a fucking cool, tough guy. So he's playing at MSG, right? (laughs) The fucking bright lights in New York City. He's got ninety nine next to him, who loved him, Loved him. loved him, loved Langer, right? So Gretz loves Darren Langdon. And he'd just line up with Domi, first shift of the game, you know, get a stick between his nuts and lift it up a little bit. And uh, they just sort of stare at each other. They'd know they'd have a great fight, tap each other on the ha- on the helmet. I, it's just sad that I had a, I got a YouTube fights from the 90s now because, you know, the only other time I got excited was the other night when Minnesota played uh, Calgary. And I'm like, okay, Reeves and Luch didn't go the first game. No problem. They're going a hundred percent next game. Like it's, it has to happen. is right. There's just for sure. I'm watching. I'm like, ah, as soon as the first period ended, I'm like, nah, it's not happening. This is not happening.
2: You know, uh, you know what is also great about the fact that you can go watch these fights now on YouTube. Yeah. Because they used to go like I say to people like I watched a considerable amount on on VHS. Like you said, either Rockham soccer yeah. There was a lot saved. I brought tapes. Like they, they would all be, not like now, HD and everything, but most games were taped mm-hmm. um, you know, in case there was a suspension or whatever. I used to go in and get some and watch the fights, but now I can go back and retroactively watch ones that I missed that I only heard about mm-hmm. like, because you can just on demand. Now I can watch Chris Murray fight Steve McLaren at the Memorial Cup in 93, oh. 94, a great fight, and I'd only heard about it because it wasn't on replay. Right. But now, Chris Murray.
0: Does anybody ever talk about Chris Murray? Chris How Buck tough Murray. that guy was. Yeah, what? Oh, I my mean, Lord. And a
2: tough guy on a great team in Camloops. Oh, and doesn't get talked about a lot. Yeah.
0: Not at all. Chris Murray, then he gets to Ottawa and he's like hanging in with all the big boys, you know, like he was really tough too. My Lord. There's just, yeah, a lot of, Danny Vielle.
2: Uh, Montreal, my time there. He had, he had like 25 or 30 goals in Freddie, too. Like, he was uh, – we got called up. And someone wants to watch um, – I fought Daniel Paquette, I think was his name. Uh, but he fought Jeff Hodgers, man. And Odgers was a scary – I don't know where – I shouldn't say scary tough. Almost. But he was underrated tough. Kind of like Asham that would come after him. And fucking oh, yeah. him Auders just, like, went straight on. And Murr <laughs> broke his hand and he didn't even – Back, but people ask me, "Were your hands sore?" I'm like, "Yeah, from game one, <laughs> from game one till the end of the year, they were never not sore. At least my there, right hand."
0: Well, <laughs> you know how you, you know how we've just talked about tough guys for a while, man. Th- be good to get something going where you know we could have some type of a panel or some type of a discussion room with like Marty Brownie, Ty, Rob Ray, like. Because they're all so loved from those eras that there'd be so many people that would be really interested to hear different views on on that. Um, Brownie, Brownie's never done a podcast. What? Marty McSorley, I haven't heard him do. Yeah, a podcast. You don't hear a lot, do you? No. And I'm like, you think keep, I'm like, people want to hear these guys. Troy Crowder, let's talk about the fucking night before you. You know. You went into Detroit and did some damage. Like like Proby and Rob Ray sat down. That was great when they sat down together. Yeah. You know, and they did that thing. But there's not enough of it. Like, I don't know. I I think I think it would be good if somebody could try and put something together. I don't know what it would be, though.
2: It's funny. I'm going to Subway to do Shorzy Season 2 in a few weeks. Yeah. And uh, last year, we were going in for the first day, just like middle of the day to get, get used to our gear and like go for a little whirl at, at noon. And who's walking out with a like a a sack over his shoulder, like an old school hockey bag, and a stick? Who? Troy Crowder. Oh, crowds. Yeah. And there's another person that I say to people,
0: I'm like, <laughs> wow, like he was, <laughs> he was big. He was that one year. He was almost as as popular for that year as Proby. Yeah.
2: Yeah. When like like had-
0: when you said Troy Crowder, it was like he got featured on Rock'em, Sock'em. Yeah. Um yeah. he was my roommate.
1: Oh at, uh,
0: was- <laughs> yeah, we were roommates at uh in Ontario in Hamilton for a hockey school. Uh we lived together for about, I think it was only a couple weeks, but um uh crowds was uh yeah, great guy.
2: My Z in nineteen 1927- twenty-seven.
0: The Titanic sank. Nineteen fourteen, the Titanic. Nineteen seventeen, didn't it? That's nope. seventeen, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh fuck. You got me there. Yeah. Nineteen twenty-seven. <laughs> stop time. They they first started stopping time in the NHL. Nineteen thirty-seven. Icing is introduced. Hmm. Nineteen twenty-seven. Another rule came in. You could you could finally pass it forward. You can pass it forward till then. Nineteen fifty-six. It took until then that when you got a penalty, mm-hmm. only one goal, because you, otherwise you could score five goals on a two-minute power play if you wanted. And Richard oh, wow. and company wow. did. Hmm. Um, so point is, rules have always been changing. People say, mm-hmm. well, you know, hockey the way it used to be, but it never used to be like anything. Sure. For every time that I could say, well, um, Gretzky played with Nets, or goalies that were worse, you could say. Well, McDavid plays with three-on-three three overtime and a red line, or no red line. Um, oh, and no,
0: and, and no obstruction, by the and way. And no
2: obstruction. Uh, someone that likes Rocket Richard, I could say, well, fine, but he used to get multiple goals on the one power play. So oh, yeah. there, there's yeah. a push and a pull, and everybody get. It's hard to compare eras, but what do you think will be something in, say, 25 years from now mm-hmm. that will be real different? And we'll change the game in another historic. It could, it could happen next year, but say yeah. 25 years from now, it's almost 2050. What do you think has happened?
0: I think the way that we watch the game um, from home will change dramatically. Um, I'm not sure what that's going I don't know if it's, if it's like, for instance, when you watch, Like, I think the National Hockey League needs to do a better job of televising games um i think that they're i think that you know my god it, it you know it is 2023 and i think that they need to somehow find a way to get the cameras closer to the ice just like they are in basketball and just like they are in the nfl it's
2: a great point
0: i never never
2: heard that uh, point he, of view before he, he,
0: well, if you're a new fan and you're tuning into a game, and it's and it's some of these rinks aren't as good to watch a game on TV as it would be in Edmonton or Calgary or Toronto. But if you're watching a game, like let's say uh, whoever it may be, if it's Seattle or whatever, my point is is that that the cameras need to do a better job that that people don't have to guess on who's on the ice. Like I can tell who's on the ice by the way they skate. But the average fan can't, and I just think that the the game will be viewed hopefully different in twenty five years. There will be no more fighting. That'll be that'll be done for sure. Interesting.
2: Um, and what do you think? Do you think people will be playing with full cages?
0: Oh boy, um, you know if they oh full cage man that would just that would i mean it was really hard for me to uh swallow the uh the visor thing if they bring in the full bubbles i don't know man it's gonna be tough i know but i mean if oh i mean it might you
2: know what i mean like visor seemed almost comical at one point yeah um and i'm not i understand why people wear them it's a at some point, I mean, it happens and when you can you, understand it, right? And sometimes it's needed. And yeah, but you should leave
0: it up to the player, though. That shouldn't, I, be, I agree. That shouldn't be grandfathered in like it is. Like, if, okay, 99 or 66, if you want to wear one, go ahead. If you don't, don't. But I don't think that should have been forced on the players. And it started in junior, and then it worked its way. Actually, I'm sorry, it didn't start in junior. It started in the American Hockey League, where they tried it out for a year or two. And then yeah. they started this whole grandfather rule in. I didn't agree with it. At all.
2: I know. I hear you. I feel um, I'd just rather make the decision on my own. It's my body. Absolutely, It's Absolutely. my profession. And you're talking about something that's arguably in my mind. If I, I'd rather play without it. And we're talking millions of dollars. We're talking my own living that I'm putting bread on the table for me and my family and whoever. And I want to play with no visor.
0: Well, it's no different than when, 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 when Evander King got hurt. It's like, yeah. if you want to wear wrist guards, go ahead, throw them on. Yeah. You got fucking blades flying around you all the time. You know, go ahead. You want to put a neck guard on? Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. But, but I just felt by, by, by introducing that now everybody has to put on a visor in the National Hockey League. I To me, I'm sorry. That took away the mystique and the intrigue of making it to the NHL and for the fans, too. Totally agreed. Uh what's your favorite video game
2: of all time?
0: Do you play Tomb them? Raider? I so Tomb Raider little story PlayStation 1 when I was with the Flyers. Um I went back to my apartment and I played that game for 6 months straight. <laughs> and I finally beat it after 6 months. <laughs> so Jeez, you should you, <laughs> you have a you're up and cold addictive late addictive personality
2: <laughs> i love that game by the way I, i've i've done every tomb raider there was one oh, two, the two well ago. i
0: stopped the tomb raiders after ps2 because then it got onto all these controls and uh joysticks and i i you was need. a simple guy man i'm jump turn whatever
2: more go and get a ps4 oh i, got one. I, I know it looks so jump out and play at night together <laughs> solve the fucking crime together
0: it looks so good
2: Tonight at about seven thirty, I'm gonna go on in Red Dead Redemption Land. Yeah, yeah, with uh, three or four of my buddies, we're gonna rob a bank, maybe, uh, (laughs) maybe hunt some moose, (laughs) maybe a grizzly bear up in the mountains, do a little cook up. Oh yeah, that's great. It's so immature, but it's a lot of fun. Um, Okay, we're almost done, dude. It's fucking an hour and forty minutes because I'm just having. I had all these questions. And I really, really didn't ask you any, as always. I did. Yeah, wait, of- wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. You, we'll, we'll do one more. So yeah, I liked your island question. So you're stuck on an island for five years. On your plate, every day for five years, you get three meals. They can be anything, lobster, steak, whatever. And then you get, you get one drink, okay? And you get one album. What do you take with you on the island for five years? For five years. So break down the food again? You can have three different things on your plate to eat. You can have one drink, okay, and one album. Oh, three different things on my plate each meal. It can be anything. It can be lasagna. Uh, but I got to uh, pick three and I can have a variation of, of any three, but I can't. Okay. That's, that's right. Anything.
2: And <laughs> in this world, I guess, it's what I like. I love how you flip <laughs> the questions around. This is as much you interviewing me. And okay, and I'm not going to like, I'm not counting calories or anything here, right? Oh, oh, what about it,
0: bro? You ain't counting calories on the island. That's true. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay. Interesting. I would take some form of pasta for sure. So let's say tortellini rose, and I'm going to go as far as to say, if possible, from Weinstein and Gavino's. That's on Crescent Street in Montreal.
0: Excellent choice. Excellent choice. It's going
2: okay. to be uh, tortellini rosé from there. I'm going to have the seafood soup, seafood chowder from Merchant Tavern in downtown St. John's. Jeremy Charles, my buddy, the world-renowned chef. He does okay. a lot of things differently, but I love his seafood chowder, and I am from Newfoundland, so that'll be my seafood.
0: Okay, so you're starting with your soup, and then you've got, you're going into the tortellini. What are you going to have with the tortellini? It's a, I'm flipping a
2: coin and yeah. I, I'm flipping a coin here between some kind of a burger and fish Ooh. tacos. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: I love fish tacos. I got a weakness, but I already had the seafood soup. You've got, got a lot
0: of seafood going on. Maybe you want to, maybe you want to put the burger in there. Okay. No?
2: <laughs> there you go. A burger, okay. a burger of some sort. We okay. Can What's that your out. drink? A hundred percent would be Coke zero or Diet Coke.
0: Okay, Diet Coke. Okay, and
2: then your album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band* by the Beatles. I think it was the most. Wow. What's the word in in in, in influential album ever by the most important band? It's the most important band album ever by the most important band ever. So I will take that.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay.
2: I, it's as much of a historical pick. I mean, I love the Beatles. I love sounds, of course, of the Beatles. Yeah. But I often say, if if you, if people don't like them, that's fair, but you have to understand what they did and how much they transcended music, rock music at least, pop music, and how influential, but it, it, almost any band that came after them are, are borrowing something.
0: <coughs> to <be honest. clears throat>
2: so, there you go. That's a long-winded way to nice. ask. Nice. So now, nice. I guess seems like you had that one queued up, but well, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm asking you the same question then.
0: Uh, i probably go, I'd, I'd have uh I'd have uh, an Australian lobster tail with butter. Um, I would have my grandma's Caesar salad, and then I would also have my grandma's uh, pierogies with onions and bacon.
2: Look at that! Northern Alberta's always the pierogies. You know, I didn't see a pierogi <laughs> till I I, I uh, played with, I guess, lived with Sheldon Surrey.
0: <laughs> oh, you'd see one there.
2: Yeah, remember uh, no, Sheldon used to go. Yeah. And he had no worries. He used to go to McDonald's and order four Big Macs, eat them all.
0: Oh yeah, and when you look like that. You can eat whatever. Um, my drink would be, um, uh, I would, I would have a Five Alive with ice. A Five Alive. So that's what you like for your thirst quenching. Yeah, Five Alive. If I'm going to be on the beach every day, Five Alive with the with the glass of ice. Yeah. Um, it's very. You know
2: nothing. Nothing bad about a five alive. It's almost no, underrated. Peach
0: flavor. So peach five alive. Um, if I was able to mix a little bit of a little bit of uh, ginger ale in there too, that'd be great. But then uh, the the album. Oh boy! I mean, I'm either going meatloaf bad out of hell or I'm going Bon Jovi New Jersey. It's one of the two. And you know what? Those are those albums
2: are similar in many ways. Like the, you know the production are and the, the instruments say. that are used, and, yeah. and they're both underrated. But they're both oh. by by these artists that are, I believe, both in the hot Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but yes. still some, somehow <laughs> seem a little bit underrated yes. as we, as we yeah. get away from them. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I guess I was assuming as well, I mean, if I'm on a fucking island and I'm eating, I I don't drink. When I drink, I tend to be the life of the party, but I don't drink a lot. So I was never like Battle the Demons, you did. But let's just say if I was going to drink, my favorite drink right now would be I don't vodka and pineapple. No, I like vodka. I don't mind pink Whitney. I like vodka and pineapple. I bounced Uh, a a couple of those doubles in me, and then maybe get on the beer. I couldn't (laughs)
0: drink them all night. Too much uh, sugar. But what was your drink of choice? Whiskey. Uh, I, I, to start out, it would be a, it would be a couple cold beers, and then, um, and then it would be Crown or some type of whiskey with some Coke. But at the end of the night, when it was 6 or 7 or 8 in the morning and you're doing blow all night, yeah, <clears throat> the only drink that you could really drink at that point would be like, my drink would be vodka with Five Alive and Sprite. I and see. Uh, I could down it, literally. Any other drink, I'd almost throw up. It was weird. I don't know why, but yeah. It's uh, Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't have a favorite alcohol.
2: I don't really know where to go. I know that usually when I start, I have a pint and I have a shot at Jack Daniels. And that was BJ. Oh, That's the way we started every night. So, yeah, it's it, you know. And uh, the the reason that hangovers always, fuck, I, I, people, like they always bothered me a little bit. You seem to be, uh, with, with, which is not a great thing if they don't. But you mustn't have gotten bad hangovers, did you? If you're going through all that and
0: oh, <laughs> the hang. Well, yeah. I mean, the like, it was. Oh, geez. You, you know when you're praying in your bed for God to give you one more day to survive. Yeah, and you really mean it. <laughs> I I've been there a couple
2: times. Yeah, so I like had, you. But...
0: I, oh, I had lots of the of the praying moments. So, what do you, you think? Wouldn't you think, knowing what you know, I find it funny when a lot of people.
2: Kill themselves, and yeah. not to get more. But I'm not. I don't fucking know where you. Everybody at some point has something that get gets them down in one way or another. But if you were all fucked up, like stoned, like that, at like fucking seven or eight, like yeah. I'm sure that we don't hear that a lot of people that do it. That's what's happened. I mean, I really don't know. I don't want to. I, I don't want to name anybody because I don't want to
0: disrespect their memory. Oh, you mean? That, oh, you mean uh, taking their own life? I think it, I think
2: because that yeah. that there, there's a point when you're all fucked up that it probably, yeah. I mean, you know, people there, do it, yeah. and, you're, and you often hear people. I don't know. Again, if you if you but, have
0: if you have suicidal tendencies, like yeah, there was there was only one time, and I think I wrote, well, I did write about it, where I was in bed and sleeping with a whole bunch of dog hair, and I looked at myself in the mirror and. I had this big gut hanging over me and I was sweating and I was, I was just, I was a bum, you know? And I looked out the window and I saw all these stars and I just, just said, Hey, you know, I, I think I'm done. I think (laughs) I'm done. I think I'm done with all this. I don't want to be here any longer. Um, It's tough. And then I went into a peaceful sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I went into a peaceful sleep and, uh, I woke up another day and, um, But i could see that when you get to desperation uh the substances uh probably definitely are a catalyst for getting enough i guess nerve to actually go through with it
2: yeah yeah i know like i I don't know anything but i just Mm -hmm. often wonder i'm like you know if you're down and out and you're depressed and i've been there and I'm, i'm not saying i've been suicidal i don't really i don't know i you'd have to get right inside my psyche i know it hasn't been good and yeah. I know that if I didn't have a family around me and like, so I don't know what would have happened, but I know mm. that if I was all fucked up and mm. not just drunk, like on Coke or E or something mm. and, and having or say I was in that position and I was on a roof top. Yeah. I mean, some people must, they're probably not as depressed as you would think. They just get themselves into that state. They're having a bad day or month. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I guess we will never know. But I just found I have been there a couple of times and, what you, and it, I find it really, that's a dangerous place to be because well what came before us probably didn't expect that their their life would turn out like that well over, yeah I over
0: mean, it's, yeah it's are you uh are you going anywhere in the upcoming <laughs> does anybody know about your little venture yet
2: about the uh, uh machu Picchu yeah no so this I'm throwing this out there to you so my buddy and I Turran Sam with people know him the sandman one of my best friends in the world and has been on this program a lot. We're going to Machu Picchu. We're doing it in July. <laughs> I've got to be back here for a couple of reasons on July 22nd. And uh, so we're going to figure out a time mm-hmm. between the end of June and July 22nd that we're going to go down Amazing. there. Amazing. I think now I know what it sounds like, of course, going down to Peru and no. Colombia that we're on a party. You're, but-
0: not, you're not bringing me.
2: <laughs> well, it's not the case. We're going to go on a hike. We're going to, we're going to quote unquote, find out a little bit more about ourselves, yeah. find, our, find ourselves, it's at amazing. least try to. And if you're, you're always welcome because I know you're one of Sam Ed's buddies as well.
0: I love Sandy. I think, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I could travel anywhere in the world now and, uh, you know, it wouldn't faze me. Even though the the cocaine there is like ninety nine percent pure, and it's like I don't know 30, <laughs> 30 like- bucks a <laughs> gram. Yeah. Oh, but, but who knew? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's counting? Yeah. I mean, like I I've always had fantasies of doing really really good coke, and um, that's the place where you would do it. Um, but anyways, no, I think that that adventure that you guys <laughs> are going on is uh, is going to be incredible, and I can't wait to I can't wait to to hopefully you. Hopefully, you do something in terms of letting the the public uh, be able to come along for that ride and, and watch that. I didn't think of it till you said it, and maybe I
2: will. It's going to be interesting for so many reasons. There's a big, uh, a Machu Picchu is a big, like Inca ancient civilization. Not ancient, I guess, 15th century, mm-hmm. is where the most recent of the archaeological digs, uh, or or finds would have taken us. But it's uh, it's it's a unique little hike. It's in Peru, and mm. uh, it's a, this little community that they found and they dug out. It's on the top of a mountain, and, you know, it's for so many reasons, the top of the mountain. It's it, it's situated in a perfect place for them. Uh, there's irrigation. There's apartments. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, bathrooms. It, it's just – it's interesting. To, you know, we often think – we're ignorant to think that, you know, that this civilization that we're living in is the only one that ever really mattered. that They yeah. thought things out, but – you know, other than electricity, a lot of places did have it figured out. And, uh, mm-hmm. There's are you, ar- where are you guys staying? Well, Sam and I left it up to him. There's oh, okay. you can either I think, like I said, we're gonna fly into Argentina or Colombia. Okay. Yeah. And then make our way to Peru. Again, that's a short flight. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. There's somewhere I guess you stop, and it's a fifty or eighty kilometer wow. hike slash. I mean, wow. I, I think there's. There, there might be small levels of transportation from A to B, but it's a large part. It's a hike. You know? Yeah. I, I, wow, I, that's,
0: yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's really, what a, what a, what a journey for you in, uh, in Sandy to go on. It's amazing.
2: I love traveling. If there's one thing that the game gave to me that, uh, I took for granted when I stopped was, was the travel going, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, now I got to, you know, pay to go to somewhere like Philadelphia that, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it. it you would never, you know, if I went to my neighbor and said, oh, let's go to Philadelphia, I, I'm sure it would be mm-hmm. weird, say, for example, most people would say, well, you know, we got one trip a year, let's go to Florida, or let's go to L.A. or I don't yeah. know, no. Cuba or wherever, you know, mm-hmm. but. Those little places that you learn so much, like you know, getting up for a game and going down. Well, let's see the Liberty Bell. Where was Rocky shot? Where then off to the next city? The next you might get sent down. The next city is I don't know Hartford or Roanoke, but there's Mm. something there that you take with you, Mm. and you travel all over. And I find, I just find it's the best education and how. Oh,
0: absolutely! You
2: know, I'm gonna. I can't wait to see it, buddy. Uh, Maisie, what you should do. Oh, it would be great if you can come over and visit uh, Newfoundland. We got a lot going on here in the summertime, man. Talk hikes. The East Coast Trail is unbelievable. Yeah. You enjoy it. We get decent weather. Um, well, everywhere it does in the summer, but like if you're going to come, now wouldn't be the time. The summer would be. We got icebergs floating by, whales, seals,
0: lots of fishing. I could take right. you
2: out cod fishing.
0: <laughs> we got a, a, you know what, a, a, at some point for sure in the next. I'd say calendar year, we've got to find a way to like get together and spend some time together. Because
2: yeah. life's too short.
0: Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So let's do that.
2: Okay. I'm going to leave it there. Do you have anything right. to promote? Do you have anything? To, what do you got coming up with your book?
0: No, uh, no, I, you know, I obviously it's, it's dear to my heart. I'm going to, I'm going to get active with it for two years with, uh with what happened uh with COVID and all that kind of stuff. I sort of, Went on the back burner. But uh, once I move back to Edmonton here in the next uh, month, then I'm going to uh, start uh, doing what I originally wanted to do when the book got released that I didn't get a chance to do. And um, and then who knows what's in store for Brant Myers. I don't know yet. <laughs> That's interesting. But a great, uh, I,
2: I await with positive suspense and anticipation. And good luck, my friend. And whatever it is you do, I'm sure I'll see you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks, TR. Okay, thank you. That has this has been Tales with TR. That's been Brant Myers, my good buddy from way back in the day, and it truly is a rollicking story. Painkiller, folks. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. If you're a hockey fan, and just uh, you don't even really need to be a hockey fan at all. Hockey's a vehicle here for the story of a man that grew up. Oh, a hockey player, a son, uh, so, so many things, a brother, but uh, in my mind, uh, didn't, what's his word? He was one of the most confident, ferocious, you know, peers that I remember coming into the Western League and just finding out about his existence. This big demon of a hockey player that'd fucking fight you and beat the shit out of you as soon as look at you, but the more i got to know about brant myers the more i realized that he's more himself now than he's ever been he's got all those stories it's an adventure it's up and it's down it's a roller coaster ride but uh in the end he's with us and uh what a purpose he's talk about life with purpose not only a great father but an inspiration to many like i said hockey players and non-hockey players alike brant is a true role model for uh not only me, but millions of people around the world. Thank you very much, Brent. And folks, of course, if you're downtown in St. John's this particular weekend, why wouldn't you go for a bite to eat? And if you're going to do that, go to Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe. I'd highly recommend. If I'm going to go for a drink, what do I do? I normally go to the Bull and Barrel. I go to Trinity Pub. I go to TJ's Pub. I go to Greensleeve's Pub, the Martini Bar, Rob Roy Confusion. I go there because they're my buddies and I like the cut of their gym and I love their establishments. If I'm going to go work out, I go to Rope Walk Lane. Power conditioning. Strength and balance for the body and mind. If I'm going to go to Mr. Lube, there's two spots in St. John's Newfoundland. On Torbay Road and on Cam Mount Road. Live. Laugh. Lube. And of course, if I'm looking for pain relief, I look no further than Pitbull Pain Relief. Pitbullpainrelief.com The pain sticks that keep on giving, let's say. They keep on giving. I use them for my aches and pains. I've been doing it for two years, and I don't think I'll ever look back. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thank you to Brant Myers. And uh, thank you to each and every one of you that make this all possible. Uh, The production of Tales with TR, I'm having a great time, and uh, I hope you are too. See you again soon. Have a great fucking weekend, everybody. Catch you on the rebound.